What is up? This is Mike O'Day. Welcome to episode three of Shamrock Nation. Uh, today is April 2nd, 2019. Uh, in this episode, I'm going to talk about some movies I've watched recently on Amazon Prime, Netflix. Uh, also, tell you a little bit about new developments on townies, how that's going. Uh, I'm going to answer some questions about the townies uh, 42-minute film that's on on YouTube. And um that, that was asked and um yeah if you ever have any questions just email them to shamrockfilms at gmail.com or put them in the comments if you're listening to this on youtube <clears throat> okay so firstly uh regarding townies um yeah i got some great great stuff going on i just sent an, an email over to the production company with everything they were requiring for me to get started with the uh, script breakdown the creating the budget and schedule and the DOOD, which is basically uh, how many days each actor is going to be needed for. And uh, so in an email I sent them, I sent uh, the, the Townie screenplay in final draft format. Final draft is like the screenwriting industrial standard. There's also Celtics, but I think that's a little bit amateur. I don't like it. Um, I sent them the producer deck, which is the pro project overview, and that's basically a bunch of you know, it's a PDF of all, you know, synopsis, you know, introduction, just all about the movie. Uh, I said to them, uh, I still need to add the investment overview, comparables, project timeline, and more people to the team once they're in place. I also put a bunch of notes um, because they're creating the budget and I don't know what they need from me. Um, you know, like, like particularly the camera I want to use. Um, I have to be careful saying the name of it because my Alexa is going to go off. Um, I said, I, I don't have a budget or a breakdown because they asked for one if, if I had one yet. If I, you know, had an old one, but and, I, and they also asked for an estimate. I said, you know, rough estimate budget is one to two million. That's just a guess. It could be a lot more than that. I do not know, but that's what I'm guessing. <clears throat> and uh, I said, uh, just talk to Sizemore. You know, I can send over an, another, a newer attachment, a, a letter of intent if they need it. Um, I also contacted such and such actor and such and such actor looking to get them attached to the film and waiting to hear back. And I also said, for your information, I'd like to shoot on two Ari Alexa mini cameras with prime lenses on hand, you know, on handheld uh, steady cam. <clears throat> and uh, that, that specific cameras, either that, the mini or the XT or other two cameras that are used in 80% of the films that were nominated for Oscars or won Oscars, the yeah, Ari Alexa Mini or the XT. Um, so, I mean, the, the red camera is just a dinosaur right now. No one uses it. But very, like, I think maybe one film that got nominated used it. Uh, but that's just, you know, this is, everyone's using the, the one I mentioned. I don't want to say it because my Alexa is going to go off. She keeps she keeps going. Yeah, she's blinking over there. Um, I also said uh, music. I have three songs that were made specifically for townies by the Bible Code Sundays. Are songs now? I said that because I don't really just want a composer doing this. I want to add a lot of popular music, Dropkick Murphys and stuff like that. Uh, I don't know if the Bible Code Sundays are going to be in the you know the the new version of townies. Um, they're on the you know obviously on the the one, the version on YouTube, uh, the band put strikes against me because, <clears throat> excuse me, they, uh, 
because their music was in the film. So now, I mean, I was getting paid for that film being on YouTube. Now I cannot be paid because they put strikes against me. And uh, I tried to contact Andy, one of the band members, a couple of years ago. I tried a friend request him that was never approved. So I don't know what the deal is with that, but that's fine. <clears throat> like I said, I'll just use the Dropkick Murphys in the new version. Uh, what else did I say? Oh, the end of the movie revolves around Buck Hill uh, Day Parade in Charlestown. The parade is held on the Sunday before or on July 17th. We can mimic the parade if need be, but not if the not in the dead not in winter or dead fall when there are no leaves on the trees here in New England. Basically, because you know, I can't if it was shooting in the winter, I, I'm not going to be able to have the parade. The parades are really a big part of the film. Uh, in the, the version on YouTube, the, the shooting takes place at Paul Revere Park. It was supposed to be on Bunk L Street, but obviously it's too busy up there. So I went down to the park where there wasn't going to be that many people. You know, we still got in trouble. But uh, so the, the real shooting is going to be up on Bunker Hill Street and, you know, during the parade. <clears throat> so if um, we're going to be filming in the winter, I'm going to have to ax out the parade. But if we're going to shoot in the fall, I'm still going to include it. You know, not a big deal. People in Charlestown will know, obviously, you know, it's supposed to be in the summer, but no one else knows that shit. We just obviously can't. This is the one scene where I'm really, it's just going to mean everything to me because, you know, that's just going to be full circle from, you know, getting arrested on Paul Revere Park and being on CNN and all that stuff many, many years ago, I, I think uh, 11 years ago. And, uh, to this, to doing it right at Bunker on Bunk Hill Street with a crew and police detail and all that stuff is going to be amazing. And plus, hopefully, if we get Chuck Liddell to play Doyle, he's going to be in that scene too, running down Bunker Hill Street in the middle of the parade. Obviously, we're going to recreate the parade. Um, I just, it'll be sometime, hopefully, in the summer or early fall. And that's what I hope. And uh, so, anyways, they responded back to me and said, uh, Hi, Mike. Thank you for all the info here. It's greatly appreciated. I believe I have enough to get started here shortly, but I'll be sure to let you know if I have any other questions. And I'm sh as I'm going through the material, we'll do my best to get something back to you as soon as possible. And that's from the production company. I just said, okay, sounds great. Thanks. So this is like a really, really great. I mean, this is like, I've never had like, I've never gotten this far before. It's just, it's so crazy. You know, you think, you know what you're doing for so many years and producers are just like these like mysterious people, you know, you just think like, oh, they're going to go ask someone that usually gives them money to give them money and then they make the movie. But there's so much more to it and the stuff that's, you know, that's the stuff I'm doing now. So I recommend any filmmakers out there, just do all that shit yourself like I'm doing. Do all that yourself. And, and then when you get a producer, say, here, I got everything. I got the budget. I got the, you know, I got the breakdown. I got the DOOD. I got the financials. I got this. I got that. All that other stuff I'm getting later. But, um, and then you can say, hey, if you can raise the money, great. Then you can be a producer. If not, bye-bye. You know, you can get as many proofs as you want, but it's just contingent upon whether they raise the money or not. So you're not wasting any time waiting around. You know you have all the stuff that you need to raise money. It's like, I almost feel like, you know, I just feel like they almost hide from you, like, how to really do it. And I just feel like, if you watch videos on YouTube, like, I have watched millions of them over the years, and it's always people like, yeah, well, if you want to raise the money, you know, you could really just act, ask doctors and dentists, and, you know, it's, it's bullshit. That's, it doesn't happen like that. It, it just does not work like that. 
That's not the way it goes. It's just people that usually always invest in films. Producers know all these people. Executive producers already know all these people. And uh, and they just go to them. They, they take the package that you have with all the stuff that I'm having made now, give it to them, and they, the people decide whether they want to do it or not. You know? And uh, I'm going to have someone else going to be handing all the payroll, all the accounting, all that stuff. I'm not doing any of that. That's all being handled by another company. You know, all the royalties, all that crap. I'm not, I'm not doing that shit, you know. Um, <clears throat> so anyways, that's what's up with townies. <clears throat> Excuse me. I smoke cigarettes, so I'm always hacking. I'm going to quit soon because uh, obviously I got to start training for the film. Uh, so I'm, ex- I'm looking forward to that, getting off the cigarettes. Um, so now I just wanted to, like, answer some questions that were asked to me in the last episode. I think I can just actually remember that there was Caps201 asked about the scene in Townies on YouTube when uh, when Wade, the character Doyle, was um, before he had the iron scene in the basement when he argued with uh, the his kid's mother, if that was the same house. It, it was the same house, and uh, also this, the same house was the rooming house where I put skids in. That was the same house, too. So we had the rooming house scene, the kitchen scene, the basement scene, all in that house. And uh, when we dragged skids into the basement, that was in the same house. Actually, when Doyle dra- dragged uh, skids into the basement, uh, I, I, you know, I wanted him to drag him by his ponytail, and I was giving skids... Uh, what's his name? Uh... Oh shit! What's his real name? I, I'm so used to calling him Skids. Uh, shit! Ah oh, man, I forget his name now. But anyways, I I was get, I gave him like a bottle of something, a wild turkey or something, and uh, I said, "Do you mind if uh, he pulls you by your ponytail across the driveway?" It was raining out, so it was a little bit. The driveway was a little slick. He's like, "Sure, I don't care." And Wade's like, "You sure you want to do this?" And uh, I'm like, "He wants to do it, so let him do it." And then uh. He's like, just you know, just stop if if I <laughs> if I yell, right? And uh, I took away the side. I said, just keep pulling him, <laughs> keep pulling him. If uh, just get him across the driveway. So he uh, he grabbed it away. I mean, he was so drunk, uh, skids. He uh, really, really drunk. And uh, so he pulled him all the way across. And Wade was like, <laughs> after he's like, he's like, I can feel his follicles all popping in his head. And um. So anyways, I pulled him across, and um, then, you know, later on, months later, after we, we couldn't film anymore because of the gunfiring incident, I started adding stuff, and that's when I added the uh, rooming house scene, you know, going to get skid stuff, and then uh, the scene with Wade and his uh, kid's mother. Now, that scene, she was, you know, not an actress or nothing. I just basically said, this is what's going to happen. He's going to come look for the, he's going to wash his hands, look for the something under the sink and ask him what he's looking for. And, uh, you know, and then he tell him, tell him that, you know, the kid got into a fight and all Wade really, well, Doyle really cares about is if he won or not. I just kind of explained to him how the scene went. Didn't give him any lines or nothing. A couple lines here and there. And then I let him go with it. I just stood in the middle of the kitchen with the camera panning back and forth. I think I did like three different takes. So as I say, say I panned over to Wade and like say I wanted to cut to a different take of her, I would do that when I panned over to Wade. It was, it was good for editing, being in the center there. And uh, But yeah, it was great. It was the magic happened there. They were so used to arguing anyway. And then another thing was that he had like pants on and stuff and in the basement scene he was wearing shorts so i said uh so 
you know, do, do you have a pair of white shorts? And he, he put those on the kitchen table with a belt because to match what he's wearing in the basement. And before he went down, I said, just say, are these my shorts? And then you say to him, what do you want to go to the beach? Or you want to, you know, da da da, going to the beach? Or you doing laundry? Get just get out of here. So she did that, and it was pretty funny. And I just zoomed in on that little drawing his kid did. Um, yeah, so that's how that went. And um, other questions he asked was, uh, Caps Two Zero One asked about uh, Johnny Hickey's movie Oxymorons. How do you raise money for that? I really don't know. I think he uh, got a restaurant owner or something like that in the North End. Um, I don't know what the budget was, but I'm assuming it was under a hundred thousand. <clears throat> and uh, what else? Yeah, the Bible Code Sunny's already answered that. You know, I don't. I doesn't look like going to be using them in the, in the new one. Uh, I haven't heard from them. That you know what I mean. So it's not a big deal to me. But you know, it was good. Good music. And uh, but uh, you know, there's plenty of Irish bands out there. So. Uh, that doesn't really concern me. Uh, all right, so now I want to talk a little bit about some movies I've seen recently. Uh, <laughs> I like watching gangster films, and uh, I watched uh, recently. I watched the movie Gotti with uh, John Travolta, and uh, oh man, I th I think uh, they cast him <clears throat> they cast him wrong. I think uh, I think they should have cast someone that actually looked like. Uh, John Gotti, the 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 best uh, portrayal of John Gotti ever, in my opinion, was Tom Sizemore in uh, Witness to the Mob. And uh, you know they should have found someone that looked a little, a lot more like him. As I think for that, it ruined me and ruined it for me. And also the script, the the script was terrible. I think it was all over the place. Plus, the son was supposed to have aged like. 20 years or something and all they did was put some glasses on him and put a little gray in his hair he looked still looked like a baby and um i don't know i just wasn't feeling it and um a lot of the characters just didn't look like killers like sammy the bull he looked like he hadn't that hasn't even killed an ant in his life you know he looked he did not look like a killer at all there was nothing about him even his like his energy he just uh, he looked more like a Jewish guy. He looked like he should have had a beanie on his head. I didn't. Uh, I thought the movie was terrible. But John Travolta is a good actor. I just a really good actor. I just I hated the film. I think it sucked, and the music sucked. And uh, <clears throat> they used a lot of like eighties music, and I don't know. I just it was terrible, and uh, I hated that movie. And um, but I really like seeing mob films that suck because. You know, I, I started thinking, like, you know, as far as, for me, this is, Shamrock Films is all about making Irish, American movies. And um, so I was thinking, like, you know, how many Irish mob movies have there been? Like, really? There was State of Grace. There was The Departed, which, if you even want to call that an Irish film. Black Mass. Uh, Selfie, which was pretty good. Uh, with Donnie Wahlberg, that's probably one of the be better Irish mob films out there. And uh, what else? Just not many. Miller's Crossing. Yeah. Uh, what else? This is this is not that many. You know, really. And even even if there even the ones that were just really weren't. You know. So the way I look at it, this townies is going to be the only, the really the only real. Irish mob film, like really Irish film with Irish music, you know, Irish gangsters, Irish, Irish everything. I, I mean, I want people to be like P 
puking up Irish when they get out of the theater. So there's the, just the word Irish alone is is said probably. I have to look, but probably at least thirty times in the in the movie. You know, just gonna. I want it to be a movie that, for me, like I like to watch uh, State of Grace every uh, every St. Patrick's Day, and that you know, honestly, that's one of the reasons I have the Bunker Hill Parade in in townies because. I uh I just love I love that shot of the bagpipes at the end cutting back and forth to the 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 shootout at the end and uh so I'm not going to really do it like that but it's uh I just love the bagpipes and uh, I'm not one to copy another film but it's kind of like a homage, a homage you know I uh but that's a film I watch every St. Patrick's Day and um but the only thing I didn't like about it was that Terry was a rat, that he was a cop the whole time. It, it fucking ruined it for me. I didn't, I wish that he wasn't. Why, why couldn't he just got out of jail, you know, just got out of jail and then maybe he got arrested or something and then they tried to make him be a rat. But I didn't like that he was a cop the whole time. I thought it ruined it, you know. It just ruined the whole friendship for me with him and uh, uh is uh, was his best friend's name? I forget, but uh, the guy by Gary Oldman played. Uh, but so I wanted I want Townies to be the film, like the film. When anyone ever mentions an Irish mob film, they're gonna say Townies, hands down. There's nothing better. Nothing ever will be better. And uh, so this is an uh, like really big opportunity. This it's never ever been done what I'm doing ever. Nothing has been like this. Nothing ever will be like this. So this is like, you know something for us for irish americans and and also you know italians are gonna maybe like it i don't know but the thing is like this movie's a lot about the irish against the italians and uh so the italians talk a lot of shit about the irish like yeah irish fucking motherless piece of shit you know this and that and, and we call them guineas and wops and but you know i i like that because that's how it is you know like you fucking guinea you fucking potato eater you know shit like that but i don't like the whole you know black versus white thing i, I you know i want nothing to do with that you know because that just makes people uncomfortable i don't use the word the n-word once in the movie i don't use any derogatory derogatory terms towards you know people of other colors because I look at it this way, if I was if I was a black person in the movie theater watching my movie, and they had you know nigga this nigga that whatever, I'd just get up and walk out. Now if I went to a theater and watched a black movie, and they're like, "You fucking crack a piece of shit." Like, I don't like movies that are prejudiced against white people, so they're making us look like the devil and all that shit. I don't like watching that. I'd, I'd walk out. So if I was a black person, I like. Quentin Tarantino does it all the time. He says the N-word all the time. And I just don't want people to feel uncomfortable. I want everyone to be able to watch the movie and have a, a really good time watching it. I don't want to, you know, it's going to be really, really violent and shit like that. I don't know if that bothers anybody. Of course, they're going to want to leave. But um, I don't want any racist to feel uncomfortable watching this film. That's just my decision as a director. And, uh, you know, another thing, too, like, I don't like when I watch a movie and, they, and a, the, a dog gets killed or a cat gets killed or a cat's dead or a dog's dead. You know, I was I watched this movie, uh, what's it called? Uh 
12 round gun and he, he the guy was a piece of shit drunk uh ex-boxer and he came home after a while of not being home and his dog was dead because he didn't feed him it's just like bad this it's a bad choice in the director people don't want to see that shit like even on the movie uh uh, what was it called John Wick? Like when they beat his fucking puppy to death? That was, that was what the fuck? You know, I don't need to see that shit. I hated that shit. And uh, also the movie Bo- The Boondock Saints when they shot the cat, and it was fucking. I thought it was funny. I didn't think that shit was funny at all. I had a fucking. Cat. I had a cat. You know, I want to see that shit. So I don't do. That's another thing I won't do. No, like no young kids, babies, or or animals ever will get hurt in one any of my films ever. And uh. What else? All right, so what other movies did I see? Uh, yeah, so now I'm getting all kinds of recommendations to watch mob movies on, uh, on oh, let me make check, sure. I'm at 20 minutes. So, uh, yeah, one of uh, Johnny Hicking movies came up, uh, one that he was in, he was played Mad Dog. He didn't have a dialogue, but he, uh, if you don't know, he's the director of Oxymorons. I, don't, I think someone else was the director at first, uh, and then he and somehow he got, it got switched to him. I don't know. It's weird, but uh, but uh, the movie's called Blood Circus. It used to be called uh, House Rules, and this movie was the biggest piece of shit I ever seen in my life. It was the worst, probably one of the worst movies I've ever seen. The horrible script, and uh, it's just so bad that the the lead character who played the MMA fighter didn't look like he ever been in a fight in his life. Um, didn't look like he trained at all for the movie. He I mean, he's a little bit. He's in shape, but that was it. He didn't. He didn't move like a fighter or nothing. Like it was terrible. And uh, the story was shit. Uh, Pastore, Vincent Pastore, I think that's just how you say his name. He, he was. He was all right. And uh, but the thing was, Sizemore was in it, and uh, you know, with a bad script. But every scene he was in. He stole it and he shined. So that's what a really good actor can do and really, you know, make a shit film a little bit better. And, uh, but that film sucked. Oh, it's fucking bad. I like watching bad movies though. So I like to, makes me feel better as a director. You know, I feel like, wow, this is such a piece of shit. You know, like I can do so much better than this. And I read reviews about everything too. And if the director of this happened to hear this podcast, I mean, whatever, I don't care. It just has no talent. Um, and another thing, like, I like to read reviews, and a lot of times it'll say stuff like, you know, no style, no no originality, you know, da-da-da. But when Tom Townies gets made, I'm not going to be reading any of that shit. They're going to be saying original, talented, stylistic, you know, uh, new director, you know, a director ahead of his time. This people are gonna see. They're gonna see that I'm not. I'm different, and I'm something that they haven't seen in a long time. Like, look at Affleck. You know, he the cookie cut to Hollywood films. You know, give give me a hundred million dollars, and they just put a team together. And you know, of course, you need a team, but uh, you know, watch what I do. I don't know what the budget's gonna be, but if even you know if it's two million, hopefully it's around two million. And uh, look what I'm going to do with $2 million. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to edit it. I really hope that I could. Uh, I hope I, I can at least uh, supervise the editing and have a lot to, you know, be able to have a director's cut or something because the editing can either make or break a film. So uh, plus the music. I know a lot of people in townies on YouTube, they think there's a little bit too much music. Uh but I really just want the film to be, you know, like a really good time. I want people to watch it and like have fun and that, you know, 
listening to the great music, great great Irish music, and feeling really proud of their Irish heritage, and uh, just being like, "Wow, I've never seen a film like that before." You know, I just feel you know because like the look at the Goodfellas, excuse me, even Goodfellas and Godfather. You know, the Godfather, you know, made people Italian people so proud of their heritage, even though those guys were criminals, but you know, made people really proud of, of their heritage because it was a great movie and it was about family and all that stuff. And, oh, it's another thing I hated about Gotti was uh, they didn't have one scene of them eating food. <laughs> there was not one scene of them eating food. Their the director was the kid that played E from uh, Entourage, and uh, his name's Kevin Connolly. But yeah, there was not one one freaking scene of them eating food. That's all they do is eat food, spaghetti and shit. Yeah, whatever you know. So, I even got the 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 mafia boss in uh in townies eating a fucking plate of spaghetti just to be funny. There's even a scene where my character, excuse me, I keep hitting the mic, but uh, scene where my character brings him a box of cannoli as a gift from Fitz. Fitz is uh you know the mob, the Irish mob boss. Fitz gives it to him because he got into an argument with him, and Mickey's kind of got to do whatever Fitz says because he's kind of got him, you know. He's, you know, he's he's kind of extorting him to work for him, and uh, so Mickey has to deliver some cannoli to uh, sell the suit, and uh, it's a kind of a funny scene. I'll tell you a little bit about it. He, um, so Fitz gets an argument with uh, Sal because Sal's one of Sal's uh, spots got robbed. And that's what Mickey and his crew do. And uh, Mickey was supposed to rob a spot that Sal wanted robbed because it was, it was uh, some people putting a dent in his uh, sales. And anyways, they did so. They did that plus hit one of Sal's spots. And uh, so Sal was like screaming at Fitz about it and saying he wants to find out if it was Mickey or not. And he thinks it was Mickey. And you know, Fitz is trying to defend Mickey. And uh, you know, blah blah blah. And then so. Mickey goes to see Fitz, and Fitz gives him a box of cannoli and says, bring this over to sell the suit. He brings it over to sell the suit and uh, kind of just, like, drops it on the on his desk in his little office. And uh, it sounds like, yeah, it's a nice way of doing that. <laughs> and uh, and he goes, well, let's see what you got here. And he, like, opens. He sniffs the box and opens it, and he's like, what is this? What is this, a fucking wisecrack against my Italian heritage? <laughs> and... Uh, you know, because it's cannoli. He says a few other things. I'm like, I don't want to ruin the whole thing for you. And uh, anyways, and then he opens, I'll tell you a little more. Then he opens this, he, uh, Gino comes and gives him a deposit bag. And then, and he tells Mickey to hold on. He opens this big safe. There's like a million dollars. And he stuffs the bag in there wherever it can fit. And then, of course, it cuts to Mickey and his, and the Deegan brothers down by, you know, by, down by the water talking about all the money, man. Like, and Butchie's like, so when are we going to rob this fucking clown? And, uh, so now they're plotting to rob Sal. And, uh, you know, so shit just starts really going out of control at this point. But, yeah, it's, it's really great. I mean, like I said many times, I, I spent a lot of years rewriting and recrafting the script. You know, to my likings now, not to some producers' likings. So, it still has a lot of the elements. When I started rewriting it to my likings, after I got rid of producers, uh, I I kept the YouTube version in mind, and I said, "All right, I want to keep it, you know, as close to that as I can because I know that people really like that film, you know, the, the short film version." So I have I still have voiceover in the beginning of it, but I don't I don't want to do the whole film in voiceovers. The voiceover kind of ends when Mickey gets his cut gets uh, dropped off his car after uh, 
he gets out of jail. He drops him off his car just like in the movie, and I still say the things like uh, when you do some time, you miss little things that most people take for granted. Then I get in the, the my car in the garage, and uh, that's probably going to be a Mustang GT. And um, I don't want to do like an old Lincoln. I'm not like that. I think a little bit more modern, but it's probably a Mustang GT. And uh, And then I say, you know, you know, in this life, there's no happy endings. You either wind up dead or the trunk of a Lincoln. Then I start off the Mustang. It's like, and fucking, I rip out of the garage and don't fucking peel out and vanish in a cloud of smoke. And, uh, and I think it cuts to fits at the church with the priest. And then, yeah, so, so many good scenes. Uh, so the voiceover will still be in there. And uh, hold on, this is getting ready to 28 minutes. And uh, voiceover, uh, what else is still gonna be in there? Uh, a lot of stuff. Uh, when I go see Shannon after, I bump into her. She's gonna be at the hair salon. That's where originally she was supposed to be at the hair salon. And I tell her I gotta go see Fitz to find out what she can for me. And uh, But there's no Joey Sullivan that's been completely cut out. Uh, yeah, the Doyle character's still in there. Probably, hopefully be played by Chuck Liddell. And uh, yeah, he's getting a lot, he's getting a lot better at acting. Uh, I'm getting impressed with it. His work now. He just, I just, oh, I'm gonna have to pause this and come back because <clears throat> uh, it's coming up in 30 minutes. But uh, he did a movie called The Silencer. He was, Chuck Liddell was in the called The Silencer. Yeah, wow. He's, yeah, he's really uh, getting a lot more dialogue now and stuff. So, yeah, I'm, I saw that. And I'm like, wow, I gotta get him as Doyle. He's perfect now. And uh, all right, so let me pause this and come back. All right, so I'm back. Uh, so, yeah, I was discussing. Uh, What's gonna be in the uh, the new version of Townies? I, I shouldn't even say new version because the old version is just kind of like footage I had from the from the no budget film put it together. So when I say remake, it's not even really a remake. It's like just Townies, you know. But uh, yeah, there'll be no basement scene. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's not gonna be in there, but there's a lot of stuff that will be in there too. And uh, yeah, so. Yeah, it's really good. It's really gonna be great. Uh, so, what other movies have I seen lately? I saw. Uh, I just watched the Take with Tom Hardy on uh, Amazon Prime. Uh, it's a uh, from like two thousand, I think, is a while ago, and um, but it's a mini series movie on uh, on Prime. And it was, wow, it's really good. He plays like this guy. That just uh, I think he just got out of jail and like. He's just a fucking psychopath, and yeah, it's really good. Wow, awesome! Check that out. It's called The Take. Um, what else? I see Shot Caller on Amazon Prime. That a really good film about this guy that got put away for manslaughter in a car accident, and uh, he goes from like this stockbroker guy, real clean cut, to like gets real muscular and all tattoos all over him, and he just turns and he ends up becoming like the boss of everything you know some guy beast that's the boss and in solitary running everything with solitary and um the beast threatens his family and he finds a way to, to get to him it's really good really good film the other one that i mentioned before was called uh uh 12 round gun and uh, i think that's netflix but uh it's by sam upton it's a really low budget film probably like couple hundred thousand they shot it for but i like the way it was filmed it's really gritty and good acting sam upton's a really good actor and um i don't know if he's been in a lot of stuff before but yeah he seems like someone that's gonna be rising up uh, to be a big movie star but he uh was really good i really liked the film uh the way it looked and everything 
I also watched Sopranos Behind the Scenes, uh, Volume One of Two. That was really good. I like. I used to love that show. I didn't get into it a long time. For a long time, my brother was always like, "Yeah, you should check out the Sopranos." And I was like, "This is when I was. I think when I was writing." Uh, townies and i was like nah because I, I had this thing where i didn't want to watch any mafia movies or read anything about mafia or mob or nothing because i don't want anything i don't want to see anything that i was putting in my film or get any ideas i was trying to stay away from all of that and uh so i could just be authentic and so it took me a long time to years to get into sopranos i think they were on season four or something or three but by, by the time i started watching it um I watched a movie with Sizemore called Laugh, Kill, or Laugh. It's just really a really low-budget piece of shit movie, but uh, you know, I really like watching Sizemore act, and uh, uh, William Forsythe was in that as well. So two really good actors and a shitty fucking script and shitty fucking director. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, man, we sucked. Um, but, you know... Yeah, I, I just feel like you know, it, I I'm sure a lot of people feel that way. They watch movies and like, oh, I could do better than that. But I think just I don't know, some some directors are getting to be fortunate enough to make films and uh, you know, but you need a good script. It all starts the, the script is king, you know. Uh, it would have been a lot better, but I just it just was really really lame script. Another thing called this thing of ours that was funded by a, a guy that is actually in the mafia. The lead character is a, a real real gangster. Uh, he uh, I think he's in jail now for something like I'm doing like a big big sentence, but he funded that. Uh, but I think he's a really connected guy, and uh, he's got Vincent, uh, Frank Vincent, Vincent Pastore, James Kahn is in it. But it's a shitty, shitty script. It's about like uh, microchips or some bullshit, some app or something. I don't know. He's trying to get the mafia to invest in some app or some crap like that. It's garbage. And uh, I've been watching the Entourage again. I tried to watch The Last Tycoon, season one, and I, I just couldn't get into it. Watched another one called Homecoming but with Julia Roberts. was really, really good. The cinematography was freaking really, really nice. Really nice cinematography in that. Um, yeah, so on Netflix, I watched uh, The 12 Round Gun. Uh, Burnout was really good. It's about this kid on a motorcycle that uh, he's like a one of those motorcycle racers. And, uh, yeah, that was a great movie. And, um yeah, definitely check that out called Burnout. I was impressed with that. It's a very simple story about someone that, you know, needs money and da-da-da. It's very simply, very simple, you know, done a million times. You know, you owe me money and you got to just, you know, just got to pay it back or whatever. But um, I watched another one called Chuck Liddell. Uh, who else is in that? Um, anyways. Yeah, so that's it. Another one I saw a while ago was called The Founder. That was a really good, kind of inspiring film. Um, yeah, so that's really it, what's going on now. And um, I'm basically going to, you know, be working on the website. And uh, I can't, the thing is now I can't touch the script at all because I sent it in to be broken down. So you, now at this point, I can't touch it all. It's called Locked. So the script, script is locked. <clears throat> one thing I did do is because I, I changed the fishing vessel. I had the drugs coming in on a fishing vessel, and I was like, you know, I'm going to change that because it's like too old school. It's because drugs usually comes into the country through a cargo ship uh, almost always, and uh, unless it's going over the Mexican border. So I uh, changed it to that, and I was going to figure out a way to shoot at Massport, which is what the uh, terminal, the container terminal 
you know, but it's hard. Like it's a lot of screening, like background checks and all that shit. So I figured, you know, maybe the truck already picked it up and dropped it off with it where they want it. So I have the, the big rig truck with the container dropping the, the container off to a warehouse that, that fits on. And, uh, and then I started thinking, you know, how do the, how are they, how do they hide the drugs inside the container? So, there was a a huge uh, cocaine shipment that got busted because they hid the coke inside of bananas. So I did that. I thought that was great. I'm like, wow, that's really, really good. Plus, it's funny because uh, just up on the roof feeding his pigeons in a, in a pigeon coop. And uh, he says to the birds, right, if you don't have the life, I, I don't know who does. That's hopefully going to be Ray Liotta. And, um, and then it cuts to Fitz and Patty eating bananas. <laughs> Oh, it's gonna be so funny. It's just like you know, it's stupid, but it's funny. You know, there's two gangsters, there's like killer gangsters sitting there, standing there eating bananas, and then it's gonna show the you know, the back of the container getting open, and Chuck Liddell will be in there, rip it open, one of the bananas, and you'll see the the powder inside. So, uh, so most likely I'm gonna do that. And plus, it's it's really good for the 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 budget too because you don't have to make like a thousand freaking packages of heroin instead you just have the bananas and they're all gonna be spray painted like a green color because they're, they're like plastic bananas not even real but there's real ones mixed in that too so if they get pulled over like the ones in the back so that'll be funny uh, i think it's different you know and uh realistic uh, so that's one thing i changed before i gave the script to them because i I I just uh, they didn't like the whole fishing vessel thing. I thought it was too wasn't real enough, and it's very important to me that this movie is realistic. That things that we they do with the drugs and everything is the stuff that really has been done, or you know, is you know something that's common, yeah, commonly done by by uh, people that are shipping drugs from one country to the not to the other to the United States. Uh, will it be bananas? I don't know, but I but I really like just the whole comedic element of uh them just standing there eating the bananas well <laughs> it's gonna be so hilarious and uh there's a lot of funny stuff in uh in it so yeah i'm really excited to uh hopefully get the actors that i want and um it all come together the the patty character is kind of funny he's a funny character fitz is not funny at all he's just a fucking psychopath his weapon of choice is a uh, irish shillelagh um yeah, so I thought that would be great. Like I said, I want to keep everything really Irish. And uh, so his, yeah, like I says, but there's some mean looking, if you Google uh, Irish shillelagh and look at Google images, you can see there's some really menacing looking Irish shillelagh. So I'm going to have him with a really, really nasty one. And that's his weapon of choice. So I thought like the first time we see Fitz, you know, in action, we need to see him killing someone so we realize how dangerous he is, you know. And uh, so I have him killing an Italian mafia, <clears throat> Italian gangster uh, with the shillelagh. And um, I wanted to make it like there's a whole backstory about the shillelagh. So he tells the mobster who's going to be hanging upside down, which chains around his ankles, hanging over a kiddie pool, like a little like, foot, you know, door of the Explorer kiddie pool or something. And uh, with the, that's catching all his blood. And uh, so he's gonna tell a story about the shillelagh. You know, it's just you know, it's it's the movie's reality plus you know plus twenty percent. So the other twenty percent is like you know, just really making it more exciting and more interesting. You know, because you know, make it, they talk cooler. You know, the cool, funnier things happen that 
that may happen in real life. And he, they say things a lot cooler. Like, so he tells a story about the Irish shillelagh and how he it was handed down to him and how his great, great grandfather was from uh, Donegal and he killed a British soldier with the shillelagh and now he has it. And so he, <laughs> he you know, he ends up bashing the guy's fucking brains in and, uh, you know, and Sal sees this, and he owed the guy owes Sal money. And he's like, "What the fuck? Did you scared my money at least?" And uh, and uh, Fitz is like, "Ah, he didn't have it. Oh wait, I lied." And he checks his pockets. He's like, "Yeah, it's, he counts the money. It's like six dollars he had." And so Sal's pissed about that, and you know, it's really, really cool stuff. I, I'm just excited for to really entertain people. Um, I mean, this is just a movie that I would I want to see. You know, for me, but. If it makes other people happy too, great, you know. But this is going to be the most Irish movie ever, ever. There's nothing that's going to come close to this. I don't care if people are like, this is too much Irish stuff. It's like, you know, it's like a box of fucking Lucky Charms. I don't care. That's how I want it. I want it that way. I want tons of Irish music, tons of Irish this, everything Irish, you know, and a mix of Italian stuff. And uh, and it's a war between the Irish and Italians. And Vitz kind of joins forces with the Italians, which which Mickey doesn't like. And neither do the Digging Bros. So it creates a lot of tension. Uh, so it's going to be really good. And I took out, the other thing, thing I took out too was uh, the love story. <clears throat> Originally in Italians, it was like Megan and Mickey. I even cut out the scene that it's not even on the YouTube version because I slowed down the movie. Like there was a scene where he was talking to to Megan about, you know, when he was a kid and his father smoking cigars in the kitchen and him getting left at the Boston Garden, all that stuff. And, um, and then her coming to the apartment and being like, you know, Shannon's, you know, seeing Doyle and he knows already and, you know, they kiss and blah 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 and they have a kiss scene and i i, I took all that sh none of that shit's in there because i think it's lame it slows down the movie i hate i hate when gangster films do that but it's still in there but it's very like you know like she megan likes mickey mickey you know kind of has an eye for her but it they do hook up but we don't see it you know it's like after they do it like Mickey's just sitting on the bed. <clears throat> She's asking him a couple questions. And that's it, and he goes back out, kills more people. You know, so it's it's cool. I don't want people to be like, "Oh, this is lame." You know, like like that movie uh, with Al Pacino. Um, we played the the Mex the Spanish uh, gangster. Was it called? Uh, what the fuck, Carlito's Way? And they had that love scene where with Lady in the Red playing in the background. Oh man, it was fucking the worst thing ever. And that ruined the whole movie. That whole su subplot, even the town, was destroyed because of that fucking love. The whole love subplot ruined that whole movie. And plus, it wasn't believable. So I just had Megan's like some cool girl that's really attractive. Mickey's, you know, whatever. It's not not a big deal. Like he's not blubbering all over. Her, you know, she's just there because she's there, and uh, you know that's it. It gives Mickey an opportunity to say, like, one thing about his mother. You know, like she says, he doesn't like watching him fight. It's hard to watch because a lot of MMA fighters' girlfriends don't like watching their boyfriends or husbands fight because it's, it's hard to watch someone you love getting their ass kicked. And uh, so she says she doesn't like watching it, and he just says, my mother, my mother didn't like it either. I thought, I mean, it's nice that he mentioned his mother once, you know, because we always hear about his father all the time. 
So in that little, that one little thing, he just she she says, "Were you too close?" And he says, "Yeah." And he says, "How about you? How about you?" And uh, she just says a little thing about her family. That's it, and that's over. And then, uh, you know, and uh, you know, as with a lot of things too, like the scenes I have written, I'm gonna will rehearse them, and, and it's a blueprint. Our script script is really a blueprint. And uh, so we we'll see how it goes when we're when we're doing it. If so, it don't sound right reading out loud, I, I'll ax it out or change it. You know, I'm sure a lot of actors will have ideas too, and I'm all about collaboration. I'm fine with that. Uh, but yeah, just get prepared because this is gonna be the most amazing Irish movie ever made, ever. I guarantee you that. And I'm I'm glad that you're gonna be here f for the whole journey with me. And uh, I'll keep doing these podcasts and uh, yeah, keep you informed about it all. And like I said, if you have any questions, if you're listening on YouTube, just post it below and uh, I'll be happy to answer. And uh, that's it for now. All right. Have a good one. Slancha.